Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is your host, Pastor Bill Shishko, here with you. We do invite your calls. Now, if you're listening on Saturday, the live call-in number, 631-955-5400. If you'd like to be on the program live on Saturday, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions any time in the week. That number, as you just heard, 516-367-0391. Help us put together future programs with your text questions, 516-367-0391. We don't hear the phrase, the means of grace, very often in the church culture of our day. Well, I think that's at least part of the reason for that is that we tend to think of grace, the unmerited favor of God by which he reaches down to us in our sin and saves us by granting us faith and repentance and uniting us to Jesus. We think of that grace well, something that just kind of zaps us like a sudden, unexpected electrical current to our souls. But God has ordained means by which he ordinarily brings his grace to us. They've been called pathways to Jesus, and well, that's the way I like to think of them. In the Bible's book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 42, you read the list, if you will, of the means of grace. It's the very beginning of the Christian church in its New Testament form. And those who repented and believed in Jesus and were baptized into his name devoted themselves to, that is, they, they bent their daily and weekly schedules so as not to miss, the apostles' doctrine, the Word of God, as it focuses on the person and work of Jesus Christ, the breaking of bread, probably the Lord's Supper accompanied by a common meal, the fellowship, and the prayers. And each of these is a special pathway to Jesus. The Word of God is number one. Remember that you're not getting it right if you don't see all of the Bible as a pathway to Jesus. You search the Scriptures, Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, and you can read this in the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Because, Jesus said, you think that in them you have eternal life. You think of the Word of God as some kind of magical charm that will give you everlasting life. But you utterly miss the fact that the Scriptures testify of me. The power isn't in the words themselves. The power is in me, and the words are pathways to me. The Word of God, rightly interpreted and applied, is a means of grace to point you to Jesus. Now, prayer is a means of grace. As we explained in a previous program, in true Christian prayer, we're coming boldly before the throne of grace, where Jesus himself reigns in order that we might receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And that sounds like prayer is truly a means of grace. Fellowship is a means of grace. When we fellowship with others in whom the Spirit of Christ lives, we're enjoying fellowship with Christ himself, and clearly that kind of fellowship is a pathway to Jesus. What we call the sacraments are means of grace. 
The Christian disciples had been discipled on the day of Pentecost, and they were baptized on that day. And then having received the Holy Spirit, they received water baptism as a sign and seal that they were cleansed in the blood of the Lord Jesus. We also looked at Christian baptism in a previous visit to the pastor's study. And now those disciples broke bread together. This refers, at the least, to what we commonly call the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. And it's also a means of grace, a pathway to Jesus. Some people prefer to use the term ordinances when they refer to baptism and the Lord's Supper. But the Lord has many other ordinances for his church and sacraments has been the more common term used in the history of the Christian church. It comes from an old Latin term, sacramentum, uh, which meant an oath of allegiance. In baptism, the Lord declares his allegiance to us as he marks us out with his name, and we respond in faith by declaring and showing our allegiance to the Lord. In the Lord's Supper, the Lord shows his allegiance to us as the one who loved us and gave himself for us, even to the giving of his body and blood on the cross. And we respond by receiving the signs and seals of that work in bread and wine. We also renew our allegiance to the Lord as we examine ourselves, eat and drink, and give thanks. The Westminster Shorter Catechism puts it well in question and answer number 96. Question, what is the Lord's Supper? And the answer... The Lord's Supper is a sacrament wherein by giving and receiving bread and wine according to Christ's appointment, his death is showed forth, and the worthy receivers are not after a corporal and carnal manner, but by faith made partakers of his body and blood with all his benefits to their spiritual nourishment and growth in grace. And what I want you to be impressed with as you listen to today's program is that the Lord's Supper rightly understood and rightly used is a rich, glorious, encouraging, and constantly helpful discipline of a healthy Christian life. That's the current series on these visits to the pastor's study, The Disciplines of a Healthy Christian Life. My guest today is the retired but still very active Pastor Larry Wilson, along with serving in several pastorates of Orthodox Presbyterian churches. He served for many years working with that denomination's committee to revise the Directory for Public Worship, and he's one of our go-to guys for all questions about worship, including the sacraments. And in the next few minutes, Pastor Larry will be drawing on his deep pool of wisdom to help us better appreciate what we're calling the delight and the discipline of the Lord's Supper. Pastor Larry Wilson, welcome to A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you with us, Pastor Larry. Um, It doesn't seem, at least to me, that the Lord's Supper is appreciated as it ought to be in most evangelical churches. Am I right? Well, I incline to think so, but what do you see that makes you think that? Ah, you're turning that around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I mean, a few things, I, I, and of course all these we could develop more. I think I think it strikes me, Pastor Larry, that in many evangelical churches and in our churches, Reformed churches, worship tends to be more of a head trip, more, more than a whole person trip. I think that's part of it. 
I, I, I'm, I'm almost think too in in many evangelical churches. I, I wonder if people are, are are really sure what to do with the Lord's Supper, especially when Jesus says, uh, uh, "Take this is my my body and this is my blood." And it, and I would again, I'm just thinking off, off the top of my head here. I, I wonder if the Lord's Supper really fits with so-called seeker-sensitive worship when you're, you're commemorating the death of, of Christ. I, I, those would be off the top of my head, but, but I'm asking you the question. Well, it's, yeah. no, it's, a, it's a good point. I see those sorts of things, too, and I've, I've wondered about that. I, I wonder if, for one thing, we're shaped more than we think by overreaction. There have been abuses of the Lord's Supper and of other ordinances, and and parts of the church have reacted against that and maybe overreacted, and that has shaped our history. Um, maybe we underestimate the physical side of being spiritual. We're not comfortable with being creatures in a created uh, world. But, and probably, uh, and sadly, or maybe most scary, we've become so worldly and compromised that we don't really want to get too close to the living God. Yeah. Interesting. And and we won't develop that today, but in future programs, we're going to be dealing with the issue of gender dysphoria, as it's called in, in our culture. And I see that there. On the one hand, we live in a culture that, that virtually worships the body. And on the other hand, we live in a culture that depreciates the body and, and, and that probably affects us. Yeah, of course, the big question, Pastor Larry, that, that people always have is what does it mean to partake of Christ's body and blood as we eat the bread and drink the wine at the Lord's Supper? Talk, talk to us about that. Well, that is a big question, and, and we can't avoid it because Jesus himself said, this is my body, this is my blood, as he distributed the bread and the wine. So uh, the problem is we could study it for a long, long time and still have lots of questions, because we're talking about a mystery that goes beyond our ability to comprehend. But we can know certain things about it. We can look, for example, at 1 Corinthians 10:16, which speaks of the supper like this. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Some Bible translations say communion instead of participation. And and that's a good word. Uh, I think both of them mean to share in, to be connected to, to a summit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we partake of the life of, of a body when we're in fellowship with it, right? I, I mean, I'm wondering if we maybe are being overly literal about that. Well, I like the way uh, the Reformed tradition uh, speaks of it, just like we... We have a physical mouth that eats physical food. So they said, in a manner of speaking, we have a spiritual mouth. Our souls have a, a mouth, put mouth in quotation marks. Uh, it's called faith, faith in Jesus. Yeah, excellent. Okay, well, well did, I mean, Pastor Larry, did the Lord Jesus have the Lord's Supper in mind when he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourselves. I mean, that's a hard statement. How do you, how should we understand that in the right way? What well, is hard, and the people who first heard it found it very hard. Uh, Jesus 
You can find it in John chapter 6. And Jesus had not yet instituted the Lord's Supper, and so he's not, at least he's not directly speaking of it, but he had fed the 5,000. People started to think Jesus might be the Messiah. They wanted Jesus to keep feeding them, and they reminded him that God had provided manna in the wilderness, but in response to that, Jesus said that he himself is the true manna, the bread of life that God is providing right now. And then in John 6.35, he comes right out and says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then in the verse you, you mentioned, John 6.54, he puts that into the form of a vivid word picture. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Yeah, and, and even in the, the text in John, he goes on and he says, uh, the, the, when he, he realizes they're stumbling over the words, he, he says, the, the, the words that I speak to you, they are, they are truth and they are life. But, but yeah, one, one commentator said about that text, he said, well, the text, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourselves, is not about the Lord's Supper, but the Lord's Supper is about this text. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to put it. That, that yeah, sure. that's a lot better than I, what I would have said. <laughs> well, that's why he wrote the commentary, and we did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My guest today is Pastor Larry Wilson as we're talking about the delight and the discipline of the Lord's Supper as one of the basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life. We've obviously just begun. There's so many other things about the Lord's Supper that we want to investigate. But we're going to get to them after we hear this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill.com. Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. Topic today, the delight and the discipline of the Lord's Supper. You can text your questions anytime in the week about this topic or anything else, 516-367-0391. Or as our voice said, you can call my real study at 516-593-1507. Or you can email me at visit Pastor Bill. That's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Pastor Larry Wilson with us. Let, let, let's go back a bit to that, that question about uh, what seems to be a lack of appreciation for uh, the Lord's Supper and evangelical and probably even Reformed churches. It's not celebrated very frequently uh, in many of the churches. What about 
frequency of the Lord's Supper? How often should it be part of our Christian worship? Uh, the lay people, I'd say, as often as your church makes it available, uh, because it is a it is an important part of our spiritual diet. I mean, the most important part is taking in God's Word, uh, gospel-saturated Bible preaching, but, but when we add the Lord's Supper to that, uh, the way God means for us to take it, God uses the Supper to reinforce the work of the Word in our hearts and lives. Hmm. You've avoided the question. <laughs> you said we should partake of the Lord's Supper as often as it's administered. How often do you think it should be administered? <laughs> well, well, if I'm talking to church leaders, I'd say that I'd just point out that Jesus told his disciples to celebrate it often. Okay. That is, to join together in the meal on a regular basis. And the apostolic church, when you read through the book of Acts, seemed to take that as meaning every Lord's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus didn't make that a command, so there's room for leaders to, to uh, make judgment calls about what's most edifying. Absolutely. But I, I would encourage them to think about that. Are we administering it as often as we should? You know, the church that I pastored in Franklin Square for years, we went from, uh, I believe it was quarterly administration of the Lord's Supper to monthly. And actually, as we went to monthly communion, people were asking why we didn't have the Lord's Supper weekly. And, of course, the concern was, well, it'll become too common to people. My comment was, well, do you say the same thing about preaching? We moved to weekly communion many years ago and never found that to be dull dull at all. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Lord's Supper as a delight. A lot of people don't, don't use that as a description for the Lord's Supper. What's, uh, what's delightful about the Lord's Supper, Pastor Larry? Well, the fact that we fail to answer this question maybe is why we tend to think it'll become too commonplace. I, I like, I, I don't remember where I read this, it was in some Puritans, but uh, when a little child is distressed and the parent's com- comforting them, the parent speaks words of comfort, but the parent doesn't just stop with that, right? The parent reinforces the words with tangible hugs and kisses. And gospel preaching is like the Lord's words of comfort, and baptism and the Lord's Supper are like the Lord's hugs and kisses. Beautiful, beautiful illustration. Hey, talk about that more. That's great. Let's assume that that the radio audience is the congregation you're ministering to, and you're saying to them, brothers and sisters, I want you to delight in the Lord's Supper. Here's how and here's why. Now go ahead. (laughs) Well, when you come to the Lord's table in conscious faith the way the Lord tells you to. You really do enjoy fellowship, participation, communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, and the Lord's Supper is one of the ways uh, that we do that. And we also enjoy fellowship with the family of God, our brothers and sisters, so that He refreshes and renews our ties with Himself and with each other. The church that we, we attend before I lead uh, services where, where I am, uh, the people come up and take the Lord's Supper elements, and they greet one another. People greet one another in fellowship instead of the kind of uh, stiff greeting one another in the middle of the worship service. They do it at that time. And that's been a wonderful way to grow in appreciation for the body of Christ. Pastor Larry, what about disciplining ourselves so that the Lord's Supper becomes part of the healthy Christian life for each of us? 
when I was when I was a kid, I used to walk to school, and I I had this is an antique notion. I had a transistor radio with an earbud. I could listen to KDKA Pittsburgh AM station, a sort of a one size fits all station. But as I walked along, I had to keep manually tuning it, or else I'd lose the frequency. And and I, I'd say that's an illustration. We need to keep ourselves tuned in to the Lord day by day. Uh, keep breathing in His Word. Keep breathing out our prayers. And especially as we prepare for Lord's Day worship and for coming to the Lord's table. But when we do come to the Lord's table, I think Scripture encourages us to look six ways in faith. Uh, first of all, look up to the risen, exalted Christ. He's the living Lord. He's drawing near by His Holy Spirit. He works through the Word and sacraments, and He supernaturally feeds us. Uh, the Supper calls us to look in, uh, to examine ourselves. Uh, when we come to the table in faith, the Lord is renewing us. He's renewing our, and we're renewing our fellowship with Him, but we're also rededicating ourselves to Him. So we're to come uh, in faith and repentance, uh, really examining ourselves. Uh, the Supper points us back in the third place to the cross of Christ. Uh, we're to remember what he did for us. He loved us and gave himself for us. Fourth, we should look around. And that's, that's the good thing about the church that you're going to and the fellowship that people have. Uh, Jesus, or the, Jesus speaking through the Apostle Paul says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread we break in the body of Christ? Because there's one bread, we who are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread. So we really should be thinking about our fellowship with each other. Uh, fifth, the supper points us to look forward. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Mm. And it's even a, a little taste of what heaven will be like, a marriage feast, a wedding reception. And sixth, I think it also calls us to look look out, outside of the church, of uh, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, wow. you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Wow. So Jesus is still seeking and saving the lost, and, and he's strengthening us so that we can go out from the worship service to our daily vocations and make him known. Amen. Yeah, that's the one place where the congregation is called to preach. <laughs> Indeed. Hey, mm. My thanks to Pastor Larry Wilson for being our guest today. Let's take a couple of minutes for some counsel from the pastor's study. Thank the Lord that he reaches down to us in our weakness by giving us sacraments, gospel, signs, and seals. They appeal to our senses. And, and Jesus is really at work in and by them. Jesus marks you out by baptism to be his blood-washed brother and sister and an adopted child of God. Wow. And then in the Lord's Supper, Jesus really feeds you with bread and wine by which the Holy Spirit makes Jesus' presence very real. Now, now I don't understand that as I should, but when I, in faith, take and eat the bread and drink the wine, I'm in a very special communion with the one who loved me 
and who gave himself for me. Again, all I can say is, wow, there's nothing else like that in the life of the Christian church. So let the Lord's Supper, like baptism, be something that assures you of God's love for you. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are visible, tangible, touchable, smellable, tasteable, memorable things that the Lord has ordained to give you concrete assurance that he's claimed you to be yours, and he feeds you and every other member of his church with himself. And he does that on a regular basis. And in my opinion, the more you grasp this, the more you want the Lord's Supper to be part of your worship every week. Well, let the reminder of your baptism and your partaking of the Lord's Supper always be a time of, as Pastor Larry said, recommitment to Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. Remember, a sacrament means an oath of allegiance. Think about that. The Lord declares his allegiance to you in the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And if that's the case, and it is, I mean, isn't it only right that especially when you enjoy the privilege of the Lord's Supper, you renew your allegiance to him? See, that's both the delight and the discipline of the Lord's Supper. Thanks for listening today. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of past Visit to the Pastor Study programs. You can get them on sermonaudio.com or just go to our own website, Visit the Pastor Study. That's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. We appreciate your feedback and your questions. You can email those to me at visitpastorbill. Again, that's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Or you can call my study, 516-593-1507, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.